Welcome to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. I am Zach, joined by my co-hosts once again, Andy and Nate. And we're here to talk about a very rough football game. Um, and also the beginning of a rough football season, it would appear. Um, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, your Nebraska Cornhuskers, lose to Colorado 36-14 in what we could call... Um, I think going down in a ball of flames, pretty much. Um, it was not a not a not a pretty game. We kind of assumed it'd be ugly, but we were hoping it'd be ugly on our favor and win. Um, but I think the overarching tale of the game is kind of what we determined last week too, which is you know our defense did what they needed to do. Our special team showed up, and our offense uh, gift wrapped the game for them and gave it to him literally by turning the ball over four times. Um, So before we even started recording, we found some really cool, fun stats that showed that um, Nebraska is leading. Is it just sacks? We're just leading in the sack. Uh, Yeah. Team sacks, essentially. Yeah. Leading in team sacks on defense. Um, So Nebraska is sorry, tied for the lead. Mm -hmm. But that is also, tied for i don't know i don't know if it's dead last but we're right near the bottom of uh turnover this turnover's lost so uh tied for dead last is it is tied for dead last okay mm-hmm. well there you go so clearly uh like most people that watch any form of football know uh you can't win a football game if you don't win the turnover margin now at least not very easily so the nebraska football game was absolutely a a sign of that um, and I think the overarching question now remains, uh, who's our quarterback? Because it seems that Sims is not it, which we'll delve deeper into, but my quick thoughts from the game are, um, I, it's way early, but let's just fire this whole game into the sun because that was terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. was not a, not an ideal game to watch, uh, or listen to in my case, I had to listen to it on the radio going old school and, yeah, no, I not not a fan, but I will pass it to you guys and I'll go with Andy first. I don't know yeah. what your initial thoughts. Well, uh, just everything. The game started as I wanted it to start. Um, I thought that gave Nebraska the best chance to kind of etch out this game and win the game is control the ball, kill the clock, run the ball, uh, just keep all Colorado's offense off the field because we know what they did against TCU within the same fears. They're going to come out and kind of do that against us. And, you know, I think end of first quarter zero to zero, I was like, you know, that's really a big win for Nebraska going in with all just the pregame hype, a uh, big noon kickoff, everybody being there for Dion and everything. And, you know, to get end the first quarter tied zero zero. I was like, yep, that's a win for Nebraska. They're doing what they need to do right now. It's just get the game back in their favor, their tempo, um, and then you get to about the five minute mark of the second quarter. And what was a three, nothing game turned into a 13, nothing game at halftime in a span of five minutes. And, you know, we're going to talk about it. Like Zach said, with Jeff Sims is, you know, at this rate, he's averaging a turnover a quarter. And like you said, Zach, very not ideal to winning football games in the slightest. So, it just it kind of sucked all the momentum out of Nebraska sale at that point because 
you're driving, you have a chance to go put up points before half, kill a lot of the clock. And Sims, I don't remember what his second turnover was. I don't know if that was off the muff snap or interception. But then the very next play, you know, Colorado finally hits that big hitter that they have in all half is, you know, first play, just a nice breaking post, uh, finds the zone on our defense. It scores a touchdown. It's 10 nothing at that point. And you're like, okay, well, we can come down and just somehow try to get some points right before half, even if it's a field goal like that. Um, sad. It didn't happen either. <laughs> so it just, it kind of sucked all the momentum out of, just anything that, yeah, his second, yeah, his second fumble or turnover was the interception that led to the Colorado touchdown immediately after. Um, but it's just, it's baffling that I think, in my opinion, this is the first check mark that we have against Rule saying like this is something that he did wrong uh, in his in his tenure. I w- I would say at least is. They went all in on Jeff Sims. You know, you you put all your chips, all your eggs in the basket for Jeff Sims. And then so far, what was overlooked in the offseason was his turnovers at Georgia Tech are now coming to light again with our offense. And I think that's my first check mark against Rule is now, okay, you handpicked this guy. We're not seeing any progression, some progress so far. You know, again, game two. Uh, but there's a real fear that, he might not get it figured out. There's a real fear that rule might not be able to fix him. He, Sims might be just that type of player, that type of guy that is just like that too. Again, it's only game two, but it's, you know, just the reality of setting in as you watched him operate that offense. And, you know, besides the QB draw that he broke open for a touchdown, I didn't really see a whole lot of other good positives out of Jeff Sims on Saturday. And that's, and I know a lot of this has also come back to Satterfield as a lot of people weren't high on him in the offseason that higher. It's kind of coming to light true that, you know, maybe this isn't our good offensive coordinator going forward for this team either. So again, it's tough to say with two sample size games, but uh, if the trend keeps going that the way it is right now, then yes, rule is going to have to make some tough decisions on, who he wants a quarterback going forward, who he wants his offensive coordinator going forward, if it is what it is uh, going to be. And, you know, we might not even see Jeff Sims on Saturday if he's healthy. And I think a lot of the fan base, you know, wants that too, is, you know, bench him regardless. But I also, in my mindset, I want to see him bench, not because he's hurt, because you're trying to prove something to your team and your fan bases. We're not going to put up with, uh, the turnovers and we're not going to let this allow allow this to affect our team. So I don't want Sims to be benched because he's injured, but at the same time, I want, I want rule to kind of make that point to the team and just go with who you think the better quarterback is to win the game. And I think it was very telling that the entire second half, you know, after Sims kind of got hurt, you saw the backups come in, but um, there has to be a substantial drop off between QB one and QB two for rule not to go out at halftime and say, okay, Harbaugh, you're in or Purdy, you're in, and to still stick with Sims, you know, even though he kind of lost you the first two turnovers and especially that first drive of the game, Nebraska's driving down the field, like are going to come out and score a touchdown immediately and just kind of punch Colorado right in the mouth. And he fumbles a shotgun snap. And, you know, again, we're criticizing this from the point of none of us have really played college football 
really done, you know, competitive quarterback snaps from that side or anything. But I feel like the first basic thing of being a quarterback is you handle the snap and then you go through your progressions and he fumbled a shotgun snap twice. And that's something that has to be fixed. I also want to put out that I think all motion shotgun snaps should be burned and tossed out of the playbook uh, for that sake, because that was a real big issue as well. Um, But kind of to summarize the point of the game is Jeff Sims is not who we thought he was going to be at the start of the season. And it is going to be a very big problem if it does not get fixed or settled soon, because it will be a very long season at this rate. If this is what we have to do and he's only a junior. So there's a very real chance, you know, he could be our quarterback for next year or he might not be, but I mean, that's, I guess that's obviously a discussion for how we see the season goes, but that's also another reality is you technically have Jeff Sims for another year. So if you don't start to figure this out now, this is my rule might have to either just stick with him because we have nobody else or we have to change things up and hopefully an incoming recruit or, you know, Harbaugh might surprise us uh, with everything, but yeah, Nate, we'll get to your thoughts on, you know, just what we need to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's uh, definitely great, great opinions there. The Jeff Sims experience has been a rough one so far this season. Um, Like you mentioned, he's just got about a turnover a quarter. Pretty unacceptable. Um, I don't know where you go going forward because, like you said, there must be some sort of drop-off between QB1 and QB2 for Matt Rule to continue to stick behind Sims. And I'm sure part of that is just more giving him a vote of confidence and trying to build him up. Um, right. Trying not to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's garbage. <laughs> We're throwing him away. But um, I, I feel like there has to be at least some internal discussions whether he's injured or not uh, to at least see what the QB2 looks like in our offense because I mean yeah some of the turnovers weren't necessarily his fault but a lot of them have just been really just mental errors bad reads like you said not catching the snap before you go through your progressions like just little things that shouldn't be an issue outside of maybe like your first day or two of practice starting with Mm -hmm. the team you know um so that is that's going to be something to really look at going forward. Is I mean, quarterbacks, leader of the team, at least leader of the offense. That's that's a big piece. And if he's not performing up to you know good, at least even average standards, it's like you said, it's going to be a long season. The defense can only do so much. They they held their own in the first quarter, and I mean, it was the second quarter until the turnovers really started to get to us. Um, I can't can't say too much bad about the defense. I mean, yeah, they they did break. I that was that was very evident. But I think the whole team broke at some point uh, in the middle of that game, just because of again the self inflicted uh, errors there. So well, and that yeah, saying that, Nate. I mean, you look at the second drive chart or the second half game chart is Colorado comes out, you stop them on downs, which was mm-hmm. great. Nebraska comes out, gets the QB draw touchdown. And then Colorado, Colorado runs 10 plays for a touchdown. Nebraska goes three and out, punt. Colorado comes back, eight plays, field goal. Nebraska, three plays at a fumble. 
Colorado comes back out touchdown. So it's like that whole sequence there is now suddenly 27 to three and your, your defense is back out there for four or five minutes of time in the second half already. And you're already behind the eight ball with that. So, you know, it's, it's your offense not being able to move the ball to keep, give your defense a break when you're going three plays every single time, three and out. And then like, Oh, defense, sorry, got to go back out there again after you just played for 10, 11 plays and let Colorado score again. So you're right. It's just, yeah, the defense did break in the second half, but that's a lot of that is the offense just not being able to move the ball either. Yep. Yep. hundred percent agreed. And I almost just wonder if, and I'm again, part of it is probably just not having a competent quarterback right now, but um, it just seems like we don't really have a true identity on offense. Cause we're, it seems like we're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, hoping, you know, maybe we can get the run game going. Maybe we can get QB draw option. Uh, we haven't seen too many really downfield passes, which might just be due to the inability of our quarterbacks. Um, it'd be nice to see him, you know, try and open the field and then go back to, you know, some running plays after that to just, I don't know, mix things up. I'm, I'm no, no offensive minded coach, but <laughs> I'd say at, at least try to get something consistent because we have the backs. I mean, yeah, Gabe Irvin went for 74, Ramir went for 66, Jeff Sims went for 67. So it's like our running game is there. We might as well try and do that mm-hmm. and tailor our passing offense more towards, you know, maybe some play action to draw the defense, um, you know, in a bit to open up our guys. But that's a whole other discussion. Otherwise, um, yeah, our, our passing is just not good. This I, is Billy Kemp and Fedoni finally showed up a bit, but right, you're only as good as the guy that can get you the ball. And right now, it looks like we can't really get the ball out. And I'm sure part of that, as I've mentioned before, is a little bit of our offensive line. It looks like they were starting to gel a little more, not uh, letting the defense in within two seconds of the mm-hmm. snap initially but um i did notice when we put prochaska in it seemed like things were flowing a little better as well so it's hopefully once he's or as he's getting back to full strength that will help things flow a little more smoothly but um yeah i guess my just final thoughts on colorado nebraska is it's gonna be a rough season but we're only two games in and <laughs> a lot can change if we're willing to make the changes. So I guess I'll I'll leave it at that and pass it over to you guys. Yeah. This is this is a time where I think now is very evident of the offense is you miss a guy like Trey Palmer, uh, Samari Toure. You know, like we'd mentioned before, Demarne personnel. Like you miss your downfield speed threat guys on offense that the defense has to be worried about that guy, which opens up your other receivers. Well. You look at our receiving core as a defense, you're like, who do we have to be scared of? Like, none of these guys are vertical speed threats. Like, we can be in front of them. We can play in front of them. You know, and you're worried about your tight ends. Well, your tight ends might be big, but they're not running 40-yard verts getting open every play. So that's it's very evident right now is you, you miss that type of player on your offense to at least get the secondary on the opposing defense to kind of open up a little bit, be worried to be focused on that one guy so that it opens up the rest of your offense. But right now there's, there's nobody on that receiving core right now that can be that guy. 
it'd be great to have someone like that. But even then, the the whole the thought I think is, do we have a quarterback that could even get him there? Like, right. yeah, it would help to open it up, but do we even know if it's going to ever get there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, outside of once in a blue moon. But I mean, with that, I know we kind of already beat it over the head, but you know, outside of the quarterback troubles that we're having, clearly. Um, I figure we can just kind of go into the rest of the offense, which we've kind of already touched on here and there. But mm-hmm. one thing that I did, so I went back and watched, you know, just some highlights of the game. Cause uh, as I mentioned, I listened to it. So what listening to it and watching it are totally different things. Um, but something that I did notice and Nate kind of touched on this is that I did notice ironically that our line seems to be getting a little bit better. Um, I think they're taking, I think they're taking steps each week, which is good. You know, that goes along with the mantra of the 1% better each week. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're great. Um, you know, they definitely need to, they definitely need to be able to protect, you know, pass protect longer and, you know, maybe open up some more running lanes, but I still say that slight progress is better than regression, obviously. So in this case, I'd say they did okay there um granted colorado i don't think was the the toughest team up front either um it's not to say they were terrible by any means but i don't think they were going to be the strongest threat especially as we get closer to big 10 play um but something i did like to see as i was looking as i'm just looking at the stat sheet is that we did we did stick to pretty much what we considered to be the game plan and what i think a lot of people did which was run the ball a bunch um and we ran the ball a lot. Um, obviously, the turnovers killed us, but Jeff Sims only attempted 15 passes, and then Harbog, Har- Harbog, Harburg, however you say his last name, I'm going to give goof that up all year, I guarantee it. Um, he passed. He tried six passes, and Chuba tried once. So, I mean, 22 total passes as compared to 14 carries, or 14, 40, 41. Um I mean, we we did the we did the offensive game plan that we needed to do, and by by and large, you know, you know, uh, if if we would have actually been able to hold on to the ball, this could have been a different game. But you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, obviously. Um, but I mean, beyond that, it's tough to it's tough to find too many positives or any diamonds in the rough because it just that's where the that's where all the problems were is the offense you know we could sit here and be like oh this was good that was good you know and we we did already kind of talk about it that we finally saw some receivers open up and finally you know take place and kind of you know fill their role but again when you're throwing an interception and losing the ball twice on muffed snaps or you know fumbling it via handoff or whatever you can't expect to win a game that way. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, outside of that, it's tough to, it's tough to really find too much positive. Like I already said, because quite frankly, I still maintain that our offense lost us this game. And I don't think anybody's really going to have heartburn over that, over that statement either. Oh, um, no. And yeah, obviously like, you know, the defense, I think the defense broke down because you can't have the defense on the field constantly and expect them to keep up that high level of play because eventually they're going to get gassed and mm-hmm. it happens. So I know, like I said, I know we already kind of 
beat the beat the nail into the into the board uh with the offense but if you guys got anything else you want to add to it positive negative otherwise otherwise we can move on to defense <laughs> i mean i guess like nate had mentioned i mean getting fedoni finally involved trying to see any sort of glimpse of him being involved is a step in the right direction um you know i've what we said especially with we had austin allen i mean we underutilized him years ago and you know, Fedoni, Borkature, you know, they are good targets. They are good guys. They're good blocking threats. They're good receiving threats. We just, we don't have anything designed to get them the ball, which we should more, especially if your receivers are not, you know, as talented as we thought they were going to be. So something that I think is a positive step in the right direction is we did see Fedoni start to get a little bit more involved this game, um, which is one good because he's clearly showing that he's healthy at least. <laughs> Uh, and not our glass cannon that we're so worried about yet. But um, yeah, outside of that, I mean, there was a really nice block he had on Travis Hunter. I don't oh, know if yeah. you guys saw that. That was oh, yeah. that was now what... granted, of course, all the responses when you see that on Twitter are, oh, okay, thirty six fourteen. Like, yeah, we get it, but like, you know, <laughs> right. we're Nebraska fans. Let us have a little bit of hope. Just there's, somewhere, there's nothing else to celebrate on Just, that offense, please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that nothing like I. We had sort of talked about, I wanted them to do what they were going to do was run the ball and kind of limit Colorado's possession, which yes, in theory works when you don't turn the ball over four times. And it's just a lot of those drives. I mean, you just, you kill you like that first offensive drive. I still go back to is you're already in field goal range. You're at their own 31. And obviously you're thinking touchdown, but you, you fumble the snap. And then you could just, if that happens Saturday, you're just you're probably going to start to hear murmurs in the stadium, maybe a boo birds, all of that. It's I mean, it's not going to be a pretty look if that happens Saturday, with, especially if Sims is playing and does it, too. But yeah, Nate, if you have anything else. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll just throw in the general talking point that's kind of been uh, thrown around throughout some of the media that I've seen. I'm sure you guys have seen, too, but like just the accountability aspect and the fact that we didn't see Anthony Grant at all after one fumble against Minnesota, but Jeff Sims was still in the game after his uh, deep dive into. <laughs> and that, that <laughs> goes immediately but... back into what is that drop off between QB one and QB two? Mm-hmm. It's gotta it, be something. Bad. It has to be significant enough for rule not to take him out. And I, I get the whole aspect of you keep him in to like not ruin his psyche or anything, but like if he's going to do the, the turnover game, I mean, not, something has to change quick. I just hope that if it is to where like Sims is not good to go on Thursday or Thursday, Jiminy Christmas, not good to go on Saturday. Your team plays on Thursday. Yeah, I know. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting everything confused now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if, if Sims can't play on Saturday, then I hope this sounds so weird to say out loud, but I hope then that we at least have the chance to find out why Sims didn't get pulled. Cause I agree mm-hmm. with you, Nate, like mm-hmm. Anthony Grant fumbles once at arguably one of the most important times for us to go and win that game. Yeah. But he still did it. And then the accountability aspect where rule has come in and said, I'm holding guys accountable. If you, you know, if you do this, you're not going to play. Okay. So, you know, but you, why why is that a different standard for mm-hmm. these guys? And again, like Andy said, it has to be a steep drop-off case. And again, and also, you know, I understand if he's your starting quarterback, 
which goes also to uh, like the comments he said afterwards is like Jeff, Jeff Sims is our quarterback. There was no thought um, outside mm-hmm. of putting the second string quarterback in. I, I see a lot of people getting upset about that comment. And I'm like, I don't, I, I get it. I do as a fan, you want to see better progress than what Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims was showing. But on the other side of that, it's like, you don't want to lose your quarterback two games in either. Mm-hmm. It damned. If you do damned, if it's, you don't, really. I know mm-hmm. it's but, just, Anyway, back to your point, Nate. Sorry. No, <laughs> Take no, it over. <laughs> appreciate the discussion. It's it's <laughs> definitely tough, and I go back and forth on how I feel about it, too, because, like you said, you, you don't want to completely rattle your quarterback and kind of throw the guy that bought into your offense just to the wayside two games in, but it's a lot of turnovers, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A lot of, and like I said, just a lot of mental mistake turnovers that were just forced, or I don't that know, interception was happened. That and, interception he should threw out of bounds. That yeah. was a hundred percent. He was forcing that ball, and I was like, the DB is right there. Like yeah. you, you pump that ball away because obviously it's it was like the same thing with Minnesota last week. Is we dropped the interception in the end zone, and then the next play. Minnesota scores win the game. So it's like, you know, in that moment, you're like, oh, God, an interception's probably going to hurt us. And it literally did because the very next play, Colorado scores. So it's like I said last week, it's literally one play can make a whole of a dip, like a whole lot of a difference in a game. And that whole sequence did. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to watch because in my mind, that's an easy fixable mistake because. It's a stupid mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, making bad reads, not not catching the snap. Like the, those are should be in theory very easy and fixable things. Two games in, though, I have questions. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have issues would... at this point. No, like, like like we shouldn't be having those. I mean, one every now and then, fine, but you shouldn't mm-hmm. be having snap issues as often as we're having them. Yeah, and I get it. Like first game in Minnesota. If, there's jitters, whatever, you know, new new team, new scheme, everything. Sure, things will happen. But I feel like you got to hammer that in practice and make sure that the stupid stuff isn't getting through the cracks for your next game. And, I mean, Grand is against a solid Colorado team. I'll, I'll give them that. But it was a lot of self-inflicted pain that uh, really brought us to uh, the conclusion there on offense. So... I guess that's where I'll leave things there. I'll go ahead and pass it over to Zach for our uh, golden child defensive discussion. <laughs> well, yeah. So the defense is clearly going to be our, our... I think we've found out after two games that the defense is going to have to be the team, the side of the ball that does the work. Um, it's very obvious at this point that they are they are the team like the the bell cow that's that we're going to have to hang our season on unless the offense takes a wide step forward or, you know, just (laughs) the defense has shown up for two games um, and point blank. Um, They've done well. Uh, I know we already kind of touched on it and yeah, of course they got gassed because again, the offense kept turning the ball over. Um, So at a certain point, it's like you, you can only expect so much because at the end of the day, your offense also needs to be able to put, you know, needs to be able to uphold their end of the bargain. 
in order for the defense to to get a break and be able to play. And they did. I mean, what did what did we end with? Eight sacks on the day. I mean, and so I I I remember one of my key points for the game was just like just like what I had said is where if you get pressure on Shadur Sanders, he makes mistakes. And we saw that, at least in the first half. Of course, obviously at the end in the end of the at the end of the day it didn't matter because he still ended up throwing for basically 400 yards. Um, and, but again, I don't, I don't place that on the feet of the defense entirely. Like, yes, they still, you know, they still let some plays go, but we, uh, there, I don't think anybody was complaining about the defense. I, they shouldn't be outside of maybe a play or two here and there, but you know, you could say that Colorado gave up quite a few plays too, and we still could capitalize. So, um, for me, I, I was impressed just by, uh, just the stat sheet. Like again, we saw, we saw the, uh, the defense swarming the ball. Um, and then even getting, uh, I think my favorite play that I even saw, cause we, we got to see bits and pieces here and there while we were out on the golf course was, um, that, uh, we had Shadur Sanders, like off, he was like 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage or something, maybe not that far. And, they were putting pressure on him. It took him a while to tackle him and he just ran it out of bounds. He could have mm-hmm. thrown it. And, and I, and it was like, there you go. Like our defense did what they needed to do and they put pressure on him and they got him to make mistakes. And so, I mean, they did what they could do. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel bad that, you know, they have to put up with a two. We, we, we recommend, or we considered this almost like the 2009 year where, we had a great defense and then our offense was putrid. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's outside of, you know, probably one really key factor on the defense that we had in 2009 named Nadama Kinsu that we don't have now. Um, maybe not exactly the same, but <laughs> our defense has shown up. Um, but our offense is just not getting it done. But I have nothing bad at all to say about the defense. I thought they played well. I thought they stuck to their game plan. Um, I don't think they really gave up until it was <laughs> obvious that, you know, even if, even if they kept getting stops, it was, it was almost a guarantee that we weren't going to be able to do anything with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we talked about this beforehand before we started recording, but it's kind of clear. I think that the defense is going to need to generate turnovers, which then also are generated into scores. Like I think at this point it's to me, the defense is going to have to be the team that scores the points. Mm-hmm. which is a heck of a lot harder than trying to rest on your offense to do it. But I mean, I could see them doing it. Um, I, I think the concern for me, if we try to lean on that is, can we generate enough pressure to do that? Um, I think we can generate enough pressure to make, get them to make mistakes and get stops, but getting turnovers and turn, you know, generating that into pick sixes and, you know, fumbles are, that's a whole step up. And, you know, I think, I think we could get there, but I don't know if we've seen that a whole lot yet, but Mm -hmm. I'll pass it to you guys. What, uh, you know, whatever you think on the defense. I think, you know, the one bright spot we, that I liked was, uh, we know we heard that Cameron Lenhardt was going to be, you know, one of those freshmen coming in to watch. And, you know, Saturday was kind of his coming out party. I mean, he had two big sacks. Um, like, 
big sacks in terms of him getting those that playing time and proving that he can get those minutes as a freshman uh, in a big-time game. Um, so that was very, very helpful uh, to see because I was also a little concerned coming in about the defensive line for the season too is when you were only returning Ty Robinson and you had a couple of transfers and guys that had never really played defensive line before kind of step up and you're like, you know, you can run a three, three, five all you want, but if you're not going to have at least some big guys up front trying to push and get some penetration on the offensive lines, like how many times are you going to get to the quarterback? And like you said, Zach, you know, eight times is, you know, we really loved what we saw just, uh, and what we stat stat we threw out earlier is we're tied first in the country for, total sacks on defense right now. Um, and very, very promising to see that. But, um, you know, second half did show that, you know, our secondary against a talented wide receiver core, which Colorado does have, uh, we'll give them credit there, you know, can get burned at times. Um, there's especially that first half touchdown that we gave up. I mean, zone coverage, I mean, he was wide open. There was nobody within 10 yards of that catch. So, it's something just to see as the, the the season goes on is how does our secondary still match up against more talented wide receivers? And I don't know how many, I mean, I, we can game plan more, but I don't know how many more talented wide receiver core we're going to see from teams coming up uh, outside of Colorado because we knew what they had and they proved it uh, still. So outside of that, I mean, not much more. I can say just that like you touched on Zach, they're going to have to get turnovers. Um, you can get as many sacks, many stops as you want, but if we're not trying to even out that turnover margin that our offense puts up, um, we're not going to be in a lot of games, and we can't we can't rely on the defense to win us games. Um, that's just not how, <clears throat> I guess, the modern college football game can't be played anymore is you're not going to be seeing these low-scoring. You know, and I, The Big Ten is perfect for that because we love low-scoring contests in the Big Ten, but um, at the same time, it's also you got to be able to move the ball on offense and your defense can only do so much. Um, and you can't keep putting them back out there three, four series in a row after your offense goes three and out. It's just not feasible. And, you know, Tony White right now is obviously doing the best that he can. He's I've for sure done a heck of a job that we, I think, would all agree right now is he's probably the best coach on the staff right now uh in terms of who has outperformed what we expected them to do for sure um yeah i mean there's nothing nothing really else i have to say is love the sacks i love the pressure i we got bit a few times on the pressure um sending an all-out blitz and a lot of that is credit to colorado realizing that and making the i mean sanders is a heck of a quarterback too so uh, a lot of that is just you know they recognize the blitz, but the better players made the play, and Colorado made those plays, especially some of those third down conversions. Because it's third and ten, you're like, this is easy to get them off the field, and then they just Colorado burned us. So a lot of that is Colorado just being good to what we didn't think. I certainly did not expect that, you know, coming into the season that Colorado would be this good, and nobody really else did either. So. Yeah, going forward, I, I would love just to see the defense just kind of take a step up, and you know, you got to force some of those turnovers. Uh, whether it's you know hacking at the ball every time they run, or you know being smart about trying to jump in passing lanes and get interceptions, but 
we're going to have to create some turnovers and get get any sort of momentum to our offense instead of sending it back out after the defense has played lights out but then gives up points on another end of the drive. So you got to you got to give your offense and especially Jeff Sims we're going to keep rolling out Jeff Sims. You got to give him some momentum and some confidence that all right, the rest of your team has your back and is giving you this momentum and confidence. Go out there and score, go take the game and go win us the game. So that's that's I think is going to be the biggest key factor going forward for our watching the defenses. Can they make the stops? Can they make the turnovers when we need them to? Uh, how Minnesota's defense did against us is they made the turnovers and stops when they needed to. So can our off or can our defense step up and get to that point and just give any sort of boost to the offense right now because it certainly needs it. Yep, I think <clears throat> I pretty well agree with everything you guys have said. It's defense is definitely the best side of the ball. Um Honestly, conditioning might be the only thing that can really beat our defense at this point. Like, mm-hmm. our offense putting our defense in bad positions has been really the most prominent game changer. I mean, there have been plays here and there where we've gotten beat, but I mean, overall, it defense has performed well. Like you mentioned, Andy Cameron Lenhart has been an absolute beast up front, which is nice to see. We need that uh, with the three through five defense. It was nice to see. Uh, Kenrich come back and have a solid game too. Mm-hmm. Like his old self, I think he had a couple sacks. And so it's good to see that he was back in the game. Uh, hopefully he can keep uh, getting stronger, playing well. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much more to add. It's, it's really just our <laughs> offense beating up our defense. Like I, like I mentioned, uh, they, they can't do it all. And, you can scheme as much as you want, but if you're getting three and out after three and out on offense and just trotting out the defense, you know, every minute and a half, two minutes, you can have as perfect of a scheme as you want. Guys are going to get tired. That's just how the game works. So hopefully uh, something we can remedy. Um, We'll see. I don't know if even just running the ball more efficiently, more effectively, um, keeping the offense just out on the field that much longer, run, run down some clock, trying to win the time possession game could maybe go a long ways and uh, at least shifting some of that balance back towards uh, our defensive favor. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, otherwise Jeff Sims had one tackle. So maybe, maybe there's a opening there. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do know he can run. So, I mean, he might have a spot in, his, in the secondary on the defense. <laughs> Who knows? This is. I think the one one last thing I want to touch on before we go to Northern Illinois is, I really hope Bushini just had an off punting game because he did not look great that entire game. Um, a lot of those punts were not what we needed when we needed them to flip field position, and I'm really hoping it's just a one-off because he was supposed to be the solid rock on the special teams that we knew for sure. And, I, yeah, I'm just hoping it's a bad game because that cannot keep happening going forward. And I certainly hope it's not a repeat of our nice five-yard punt that we had a couple of years ago because <laughs> oh, that my God. was rough. <laughs> I, I do think at least it's a positive that we've come from the special teams losing us the game to mm-hmm. just not helping us like mm-hmm. you know well and we also had uh tristan alvano 
missed that field goal. That one, you know, that one, it's upsetting, but at the same time, it's like freshman, freshman kicker. And that was how long? Like 47 yards or something like 40 that? 40 or 50. Yeah. It's not it like was, he didn't have the leg for it. He certainly had the leg for it. Just, I mean, it never, it never curled back in, which was the unfortunate part, but he certainly well, had the distance for it. And it seems like kicking just in football in general this year has been weird. Like it seems like a bunch of teams are just having issues with kicking. So maybe it's just one of those, you know, as the season goes on, he'll, he'll start nailing those. Um, yeah. I, I will say at least seeing that he was as close as he was made me feel a lot better about the fact that, we have somebody that can kick it. I just oh, yeah. now, now he's just got to work on those little things. And again, I know nothing about kicking. It's just got to be those little things that you change here and there to to get it to to go through the uprights, which is the entire point of the field goal. But you know, um, yeah, I guess outside of that, special teams once again did okay. I mean, didn't they, didn't, they, the they didn't lose yep. us the game. I suppose <laughs> that's the positive. But with that, then. I figure we can jump on over into Northern Illinois and just, uh, <laughs> what we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what we want to see is a win, right? but man, <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of it comes down for me to now. I would like to point out, I think Nebraska has a good chance of winning this game. Well, we're not at predictions yet, but I still think Nebraska has a really good chance of pulling out the win, which they definitely need. It's nice that they finally get a home game. Um, that is something else that I didn't consider up until just now is that we started off the season two away games. That doesn't happen very often. Um, not Unless... not not necessarily trying to make the excuse of, oh, you know, if we could have had a home opener, you know, who knows? But it is kind of odd, but it is what it is. And, you know, you you play with the hand that you're dealt. But ironically enough, to, to me – almost very similar teams, but I think Nebraska has the the better talent. Um, but I think a lot of it's going to hinge kind of like what we've seen in the last two games is if Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims shows up, or if we have somebody else that's starting at quarterback that, uh, because if Jeff Sims starts and he can fix the turnover things, then I think we have a good, good mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't start, and there is this huge drop off between QB one and QB two, then I'm nervous because mm-hmm. just looking at the the basic stats for just Northern Illinois right now, and this is just totals, you know, they've they've gotten, you know, in the last two games they've played, they've amassed, you know, three hundred an average of three hundred forty nine yards per game to our three eighteen. Um now granted, I'm guessing they probably didn't play Minnesota and Colorado like we did, which they might not have played the same caliber of teams. I didn't look exactly, but, um, but they have also only allowed 266 yards, meaning to me that their defense is probably not anything to just look over. Um, and especially with our offense, I don't think any defense at this point is one that we can just kind of shy away from. Uh, so it'll be intriguing to see, um, (laughs) to say that I'm not slightly nervous of how this game is going to go would be a lie, but, uh, I, I think Nebraska has the talent and the capability to absolutely take the win, especially being a home game, our home opener. Um, and one thing I'm looking forward to going back to the discussion of if it's Sims or if it's, you know, Harburg or whatever, it'll be nice because to me, if it's not Sims and he is actually hurt, 
then we have two games where we can get an idea of what we have for quarterbacks going forward. Because if Sims isn't the answer, but we have some raw talent at the quarterback at the two or three spot that can, you know, you know, might need a bit of refinement, but can actually move the ball down the field and can, can run the game, be the game manager. We need the quarterback to be, uh, can meet the average, you know, the line to be an average quarterback. You, you don't have to be a superstar. Like I know we've got Chubba Purdy, who's brother to Brock Purdy, but I'm not expecting Brock Purdy to, <laughs> you know, to march out onto the field on Saturday. If Sims doesn't play much like I'm not expecting, you know, the next coming of Scott Frost for Nebraska to step out either in terms of quarterbacks. Just want to point that out. Um, but I, I, I think it'll be nice because it'll be kind of those experimental type games where if Sims doesn't start, we have two games where we can actually test and see how good our quarterback room is and maybe have a chance to see if we have a better quarterback. I don't know. My... <laughs> I I think I'm just getting, yeah, I would say I'm slightly nervous for the game because it's not like we haven't lost to a team that we should have beat before. So no game is no game is a guarantee at any point and this one certainly is not that. So I will pass it to you guys. Yeah, um yeah, like uh, today it came out that Satterfield was supposed uh gave his weekly press conference and you know they said that Simpson practice today. They're hoping that he'll practice tonight. Um, tonight as in being a Wednesday night practice. Um, so we'll see if he is limited in practice. Um, or if, yeah, like you said, Zach, if he's hurt by Saturday, you know, we assume Harbuck's going to start. Um, I, Matt Rule said at the end of the uh, Colorado game last, yeah, on Saturday that, you know, Purdy was kind of dinged up that we didn't really know about, which is why I guess Harbuck's the number two at this time. So uh, an undisclosed, I guess, tweak, injury, whatever you want to call it to Purdy. Um, so we might see both quarterbacks. If Sims isn't ready to go, we might see both quarterbacks Saturday, kind of a package deal. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that, but I also, we need sample sizes of how both quarterbacks play in a, actual competitive game and not garbage time either. Like they've both played in the past. So, uh, well, I guess we have seen Chuba in an actual competitive game, but it wasn't really good either. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, I think all, all the questions we have right now that we need answers to are just, how is the offense going to look? How is, how are they going to come out Saturday? Are they going to, you know, come out is things, things going to be fixed with Sims. Are we going to see kind of they're still conservative running the ball, ground and pound game that they should just stick to if we're not going to be able to throw the ball? But um, I, right now, I think unless the defense gives us any little qualms or worries, we just have all of our worries are about the offense right now. And I think that is that's what these next two games are going to have to be tune ups and ramp ups for them because Michigan is looming. I don't know what's at home, but you you got to be at least somewhat competitive and know what you're doing by then before Michigan comes into town because they're playing cupcakes until they play us and we are probably just a cupcake to them too and rightfully so we haven't really proved anything that shows that we aren't just a pushover team for everybody else it's just we're just another speed bump in their quest to you know an undefeated season for Michigan or 
you know, whatever other team we want to throw in there. So that's, that's what I hope to see is just some competent offense, just, you know, being able to move the ball up and down the field, sustain drives. Don't get your defense back out there after, you know, going three and out or over a turnover after you get the ball back or something like that. It's, it's just those little momentum shifts that just over time, as you get the third, fourth quarters where you need to win the games is they can take a toll on your defense. And as we saw in Colorado, it's second half just takes a toll after you play your hearts out and you see that your offense isn't doing much. And I, that's, that hurts the psyche of that defense. I don't know how long they're going to be able to sustain that going forward. If the offense is doing what it's doing is your defense just might break immediately just because their mental will is just gone, knowing that they're going out there to play and do it, just try to play a game because they know their offense isn't going to score points. So that's, that is what I want to see going forward on Saturday is how's the offense going to look is the things that rule preaches about what Satter preaches about Satterfield preaches about on fixing and working in practice. Can we at least see some sort of progress? You know, we're not as much as we want to say a snap of finger, like everything's going to be fixed by Saturday reality. That's not going to be. So like you had said, Zach is, can we see that 1% game to game progress that we need to see from this team and this program is, are we going to be able to see that? I think defensive wise, yes, we could start to say that, that we are seeing that progress and, you know, credit to Tony white as a coach as well, but you know, the offense is going backwards on that 1% scale. So are we going to be able to see that progress game to game now, you know, and start increasing that one, two, three, four, 5% progress of improvement on the offense. And these are what these next two games at home are going to have to be about for Nebraska to really find out when Michigan comes to the town of who this team is going to be against a really, really good opponent. And, like you had mentioned before, Zach, you know, you got your next seven out of your 10 games at home now, which is huge for Matt Rule trying to instill what he wants to be as a Big Ten program now. But yeah, with that, we'll pass it to Nate and just <clears throat> what we want to see for Saturday. Yeah, I think for what I want to see on Saturday, I think I agree. I mean, offense, you want to see them limiting the turnovers, you know, as I mentioned, winning time possession. Um, just kind of moving the ball, spreading the ball around, uh, being being efficient. But as you mentioned, Eddie, it's not going to be a one-week fix where we snap the fingers and <laughs> everything's going to be hunky-dory. Um, I think Northern Illinois is going to be an interesting test for us. I don't think they're necessarily going to be a pushover team uh, for us. So I think it'll be interesting to see how we come out. Uh, it is a night game, though, and I think that that's going to help things. I'm hoping we just come out with um, some intensity. It's been, it's been a brutal two game stretch and hopefully we can come out there uh, with kind of the same intensity that we have had for those first two games, despite what those outcomes are. We just got to have that mental note that it's, you know, this is the start of our season and, uh, just got to come out there and play our best football. And so just not seeing any sort of hangover is kind of a big thing on my end, I think. And just keeping up, keeping up the intensity Uh, defense needs to um, step up ball out. Uh, As you mentioned, Zach or Illinois has been averaging what, like 390 or so yards game. Mm -hmm. Uh, 349. 349. Okay. 
um, yeah, still holding to under 300 at the least. I think would be a good starting point. Um, I think their their quarterback used to play for Michigan State. He's yeah, he's got like 400 some passing yards on the season, and he's not going to be anything to just kind of turn your nose up at. So hopefully we can dial up the pressure, make him uncomfortable, force him into situations that uh, where we can hopefully capitalize on some turnovers on our end. So uh, I think that's kind of my keys to the game here. It'll be, like I said, it'll be an interesting one. It'll be a good litmus test to see really where we're at. Um, again, Northern Illinois is not a powerhouse, but uh, I can't really say that we are at this point either. So we just got to really take those baby steps and just kind of build on things moving forward. Uh, as as you mentioned, Andy, it'll be be a good tune-up opportunities next mm-hmm. two games. Just tweak what needs to be tweaked, make make those one percent, make those incremental changes, and hopefully we can at least show up against Michigan in a few weeks here. So with that, and I'll go ahead and pass it to you guys for yeah, that's, any additional. I wish we could just say non-conference games were nothing to worry about, but if the past five, six years have shown that we have every single right to be worried about a non-conference opponent coming in here and beating us because it has happened way more often than it should. And that's just, you know, they did it back to us in 2017, you know? So it's something that, yeah, you can't take any non-conference game lightly anymore until we start proving that we can go out on these games and shell them 56, nothing or something like that. It just, it hasn't happened in a while and don't, don't know when when that's going to start happening unless it happens these next two games. But uh, yeah, speaking of a little side note of the the whole Michigan State thing, that whole game got a little bit more intriguing over the light events over this past week that happened with Mel Tucker. So that you know, again, I don't even know what I was thinking of that game now, but I'm definitely now more intrigued of how that is going to play out now that the whole Mel Tucker situation is happening with Michigan State and that game just got a lot more intriguing for Nebraska when we have to go up there uh, November or some uh, late November October yeah November time so that'll be a very intriguing just to see because I think you know Mark Dan Antonio is coming back to help a little bit which don't need any more memories of that but yeah that's going to be a very intriguing thing especially if you know, he's suspended without pay right now, but if they do eventually fire Mel Tucker, I mean, it's kind of like what Northwestern is. Their players have a free, like, 30 days open in the portal if they want to enter it. So if you're Nebraska, you might just look into there, see if there's any offensive weapons that want to come over. Uh, Name, namely the, the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if you have a competent quarterback, we will we'll <laughs> gladly take you too. So, yeah. but that's just a side note, but that's what I just wanted to throw out there too, but we can start uh, getting into some predictions here. And I don't know if any of you two are ready or if you just want me to. I'll fall on the sword first. I'll I'll fall on the sword first, but I guess one thing just before we go too far into predictions, I guess something that um, I thought of that I just thought would be a good key for me to the game this weekend Mm -hmm. is two things, you know, just keep win. Well, yes, but uh, two or two or three basic things is, you know, keep a short memory. Like, yes, we lost, but it's it's time to, to worry about Northern Illinois now. 
Um, but also, um, take care of the things you can because, you know, like we've obviously, I think we have a good package in our football team, but with the turnovers that we keep seeing, we're not going to ever really get anywhere. So we need to clean that up. So take care of the, the small the mental mistakes, the, the mistakes like that. And then, um, I'm going to keep saying it until I see him do it fully, but just like rule says, just go out and play football because at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're doing this podcast. It is just a game, but, um, you know, just take care of what you can take care of. And I think, I think we'll see some good success. It's just, it's a slow build. And we knew that with getting rule, it was going to be a, a long and slow process, but we were hoping to be a little quicker, but with that, um, right. go ahead. I think that is like the biggest thing right now is a lot of the fan base is just so, so disheartened that we're seeing exactly what we have the past five to six years. And I get it. Like we're, we're obviously all frustrated. None of this, especially how you look at how Dion has done it. It's, we are not like we're not the same. They are two completely different coaches, two completely different programs. And I, yes, I would love to have Rule come in here, snap his fingers, and we're two and zero like Colorado. But it's just it's not going to be the same. There's I don't know if anybody's going to be able to duplicate what Dion is doing right now in a college football program because it is pretty unique and pretty special of what he's doing. It's kind of like the NFL is. You know, it's hard to copycat NFL blueprint teams because it's so unique to that team and how they're doing it and per coach. So it's, I get it's frustrating. Like we're all very frustrated at how this has gone so far, but I think, you know, you, you keep going back to the saying is I don't want to wait till year three for things to be fixed, but you hire Matt rule for year three. And right now that's kind of the tra uh, trajectory and trend that we're going. And yeah, that kind of sucks, but you know, it's, it's something that we, well, you have to sadly, I don't want to say sadly accept, but it's something that is a hard truth to accept right now is, yes, this is going to take time. This is going to be frustrating and it's going to be very, not a very long process. I hope it's not a very long process, but reality wise, it's going to be a long, tough road that we just have to hopefully accept as fans that I think this is the right guy. I mean, I, we all thought Scott was the right guy, but there was a lot of red flags with Scott too. And so far we're starting to see just maybe a little inkling of a couple of, of rules, first mistakes of at least choosing who he wants to be on his staff and as quarterback. But if he says he's able to fix it, like he's able to fix it, then, you know, we have no, nothing else but to trust him right now and just kind of see how the process goes. And that's what these next two games are, probably going to show for the rest of the season is how is he able to get these these things fixed and turned around now that's the other thing though too it's these have been two games colorado mm -hmm. and nebraska and for that matter most of the teams that we've seen i mean just look at alabama this last weekend you know i mean i'm not sitting here saying that we're on the level of alabama but nobody's really shown their hand what yeah <laughs> yeah <year>. crazy <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Nobody's really shown their hand yet. And Nebraska could turn it around. We might get these next, we might win these next two games and we might see, you know, t us take off. I'm, I'm not going to say we're going to go and take, you know, beat Michigan, but you know, we might see, we might see a, a team out of the next two games. If we win them, that is a completely different team. And it just took knocking some rust off much like we could see Colorado win the last two games they have. And, you know, they might go, 
two and 10. Everybody's like, Oh, they're a better team than one and 11 this year. Okay. But that doesn't mean they can't go two and 10 either. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of up in the airs and it's, there's a lot of season left. Um, you know, unfortunately we just have to, we just have to, uh, (laughs) wait, see what the results are and kind of live with them as they come. But anyway, (laughs) off, you know, good old, good old tangents that we're so, so good at. Um, luckily, it gave us time to think about our predictions, so hopefully you guys mm-hmm. are ready. But I'll start, and I'll fall on the sword. <sighs> I think Nebraska is going to rebound. Um, I do think Nebraska has the better team. I know I said that already. I think Nebraska's the got, the, got a little bit more talent. Um, their defense, I think, will show up. Um, it is a home game. That's going to be huge, uh, so they don't have to travel. Uh, the thing for me, I think is, you know, can the offense show up? Can they maintain, can they maintain, um, a good offensive game plan rather than turning the ball over 400 times? Um, so with that, I, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good things that Nebraska's done that they'll finally being at home, they'll be able to kind of rein some of that in and, you know, get themselves under control. Um, and, I know this is going to be a wild, a wild score, <laughs> but I think score I can see it happening. No, 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 not score. <laughs> I don't think, um, but my, I think it's going to be a lot higher of a score than people anticipate, but I am going to say Nebraska wins 35, 24. Okay. Uh, I will just go. I think the defense, I think, think the defense and or special teams get a score this weekend. Um, I think they finally are able to get one of those turnovers, get one of those takeaways and either take it back to the house where the special teams gets a return taken back to the house. I do think one of them does come up with a touchdown of sorts uh, this weekend. So that'll, I mean, just it's always so different playing under the lights at Memorial stadium, especially it'll be a first home game for a lot of these players for rule the staff. Um, just that energy being at home, you know, it, you know, it's unless the same turnovers a quarter keep happening, but it's just, it's something is different about playing at home under the lights. So that's kind of like my first take is I do think the defense or special teams does get some sort of a point touchdown uh, score this weekend. Uh, offensive wise. Yes, I do think Nebraska finally figures out that running the ball is going to be their best friend and they figure out how to do it. Well, this game, unless Harbrook plays then that my point is completely out of context and they'll probably pass the ball more. <laughs> uh, so I guess it goes both ways, whether which quarterback is playing, but uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 34, 17, Nebraska. I think they cover the spread. I think the over under is like 48 and a half. The spread is kind of 10 and a half to 11 and a half, depending on which book you look at. But according to ESPN, Nebraska... the over under is 43 and they have us yeah. at 11 and a half as a favorite. So, yeah. and so it's different. It's different probably in each book, but I think Nebraska covers. Maybe, maybe the under will hit too. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see. I'll, my score doesn't definitely indicate that, but you know, we'll we'll see. That's why you said maybe. Yeah. <laughs> See, I I'm gonna deviate a bit from you guys. I uh, I think this is gonna be one of those weird Smash Mouth Big Ten games, slow, low scoring, 
probably uh, if Jeff Sims is playing, could be some turnovers, and <laughs> I think it's going to be one of those weirdo ball games. I think Nebraska comes out on top, but I think it's going to be just a slug of a game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Nebraska can come out and just kind of blitz them, and it'll be uh, over by the second quarter. But um, <laughs> and that'd be I, nice. I worry about Nebraska at eleven and a half right now being favored that just seems a little high to me but oh it um... it 100% seems high but I'm gonna hammer it (laughs) yeah I just I don't know I haven't seen enough from the offense that they can move the ball and score the ball or score points enough and I trust our defense to keep Northern Illinois down for the most part but they haven't really shown they can score on that side of the ball either so I'm going to go with I think 17-10 Nebraska Low scoring, close game. Oh boys, we're all we're <laughs> yeah. all picking them to win. Which surely means nothing bad will happen, right? I mean, I don't necessarily surely believe can't omens. mean that. I don't. I don't necessarily believe in omens, but if I were to, that might be one. <laughs> surely nothing bad will happen. All right. Well, uh, obviously we've got a couple more things here, but I guess as we wrap up any last minute thoughts from anybody before we go into the final few bits and pieces here. I'm sad. Still be sad <laughs> until we start winning. doesn't mean I'll stop rooting for Nebraska, but <sighs> correct. It's, it's disheartening, but it's always go big red regardless. That's right. Win or lose. We still booze. Yep. <laughs> as much as it hurts, you just got to trust the process and trust that. Rule knows what he's doing. Everyone, See, everyone makes mistakes. It's part of the human condition, but I love trust the process. But I think the Seventy Sixers have ruined that for me <laughs> because that is all they have done. It has never worked, <laughs> which is why, like, I'm always skeptical. It's like I want to see it, but like Embiid and the Seventy Sixers want to do it, but it never works. Ah, <laughs> uh, just just go on the other side of it and just just drink the Rule Aid. Drink the <laughs> over and over again. All right. Well, as we come to the conclusion of episode three, um, obviously we have to talk about our Fire Into the Sun award mm. winner this week. And um, who could it be? I, I don't. I don't know if anybody's going to be shocked by this. Um, and we can obviously all go around the horn if we want. But I think we are all in collective agreement that I think it's going to have to be Jeff Sims this week. Yep. Sorry, yeah, I don't buddy. think there's a debate. <laughs> the one, the one piece of our offense that we need to be, like we said, even average, just average, um, I think is not meeting the bark, and so put him in a shuttle and fire him into the sun. Hopefully, he's back by Saturday. <laughs> Congratulations to Jeff Sims on uh, on the firing into the sun. All that. right. Congratulations then, on the fire under the sun. <laughs> uh, you know, light light a fire under him or something, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Um yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. It's 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 a it's a positive award. Oh, so positive. okay. It's a positive award. We're trying to we're trying to light a fire under the players that get it. Unfortunately, Anthony Grant didn't get a chance to show anything this last weekend. Or so. fortunately. Yeah, uh, or fortunately. It's not like he could have done much else worse. I mean, I think I, I, I don't think we had to worry too much about it. But moving on then to the new edition of Trivia. Uh, we finally 
had a winner for last week. And I'll say the last two weeks because the, this person reached out to us and said, I tried to fill out the form, but didn't add, had a couple questions. So for a reminder for, if you're wanting to fill out, um, the trivia, which would be great because now that we've got one response, we'd like to have some more. Um, if you want to do that, there will be, if you watch on YouTube in the description, there's a link to lead you to the form. Um, when you listen to this, uh, if you listen on like Spotify or any different of the streaming services, I believe in the description of there too. Um, if you, you might have to click like the little more to show the whole thing, but there's a link in there. Um, otherwise you can go to our, I think it's called a link tree that has the submit your answers here. So if you have any questions and you personally know us, you can reach out to us or you can send us an email, um, which I have here on our YouTube channel, um, as well as in the descriptions everywhere else. Uh, the winner for last week or last two weeks, which was the Matt rule question of where did he play? What years did he play as well as, uh, last week's question, which was the Colorado Nebraska when the record between the two, um, and then the, the largest margin victory, largest the victory between victory. that meeting. Yep. So for the first for the first week, the answer was Matt Rule played at Penn State. He was a linebacker, and he mm -hmm. played in I think I, I think it was 1994, 94 to ninety seven. So mm -hmm. there is that, and then for this week, the answers were. Uh, the the record between the two teams was 49-20 and two ties uh, favored for Nebraska. Well, I guess that's technically changed now. Well, this was before <laughs> the game happened. This was so. before the game, so this is this is before the answer the was happened. before the game. <laughs> so forty six, or sorry, forty nine twenty and two, mm -hmm. uh, favoring Nebraska, and then the largest margin of victory was how much? Oh, uh, what if you write that? Was it 59 to nothing? I think it was 52. Okay, well, either way. And our <laughs> winner and our winner for both weeks was Chris Haroon. So uh, he Yay. has, <laughs> he has, uh, I'll have to go and divvy up the points, but he is so far in the lead with the points. So if you want to win whatever the prize, which we still haven't figured out yet, we will determine it later. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a prize from us if you do the trivia and then based on the points that you get throughout the year. Unfortunately, you're starting now behind Chris. So because the, not, the last two weeks are now off. So now we're starting clean. Chris has the points. So, uh, and then for this week, the trivia question is, who was the quarterback when Nebraska last played Northern Illinois? That's for one point. And then the bonus, what was the score of the game in that last meeting? So who was the quarterback the last time Nebraska played uh, Northern Illinois? And then the bonus question, what was the score of that game? So like I said before, um, all in the descriptions of wherever you uh, listen or watch the podcast. There's a link in there to take you to the form. Otherwise, you can email us via the NebraskaAbilities at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us personally if you know us and give us your answers, and we'll submit that for you. All right. Anything else from anybody that we didn't touch on? Football is dumb. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> 
football is hey man, my favorite teams back, always though. hurt me so why do, why do i care football, <laughs> football is back though so all right well with that obviously we'll leave you with um you know thank you for tuning in we appreciate each and every one of you for listening to us and as always if it's a possibility it's certainly a nebraska ability 